you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast. The history is rich. It sure is. Ten years from the Chris Wessling podcast studio. It's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. I got a hero here. Greggy Rosenthal. It is it's almost weird to talk about how the history is rich without Colleen, the originator of said statement. But we'll get through it. Also weird when you call me Greggy. That was really only a Debbie Rosenthal thing. But now it's popping up. My kids sometimes call me Greggy here or there. Or my daughter, really. Just It's, it's disrespectful, frankly. I feel like I've called you Greggy for a couple of years now. You've been, on, you've been in the mix. Ten years ago this month, actually. Right? Is that right? June 8th. June 8th is the date as we're taping. I moved out here June 1st. So you're. You, there it is. It June happened. 1st. And that was 2012. 2013, oh, July, oh, yeah. is when we started uh, around the NFL as a foursome. The podcast, that is. How about that? Like a month later. 2013. I was out here. West came out. No, a year and one a month, month, wasn't it? One month later. No, I started with the NFL that oh, year before, but okay. I had that weird year in New York and West. Was hired in Tybee. Got it. I came out in June. He came out in July, and we were we were recording like three weeks later. Crazy. Um, today, Mark is on a a quest of some kind. We don't ask questions. Where's Mark? Spiritual, uh, perhaps. It's perhaps spiritual. Um, I was out on Monday. Hope everything went well. Uh, Mark should be back next week if everything goes well with his quest. I feel confident he'll be back. No, I think just a couple of his friends are in town, he said. So that's, I don't want to get people nervous like Greg, uh, that Mark went into like a commune or something. That that will happen, just it's not yet. Or like started leading the cult that I've rumored that it's right. possible at some point. If we get, here's our promise to the listeners about Mark. <laughs> why, why are we talking about Mark? If uh, it goes badly. Mark uh, starts wearing red sneakers or um, starts to give off vibes of cult leader in a tangible way, we're going to give you a heads up so it doesn't you don't get blindsided. Because this show got blindsided recently. Nobody likes getting blindsided. Mm. We will make sure that doesn't happen with Mark entering the cult. Now, today's show. We got actually some news, Greggy. That's not bad. For June 8th, there's some actual stuff to talk about. I, I think it was all the mini camps happening. 
this week. There will be more even next week, but uh, just like made people act. So I, I'm I'm happy to have an actual chunky news segment. Mm-hmm. And um, for today's um, conversation piece, we'll call it urgency. The teams that have the most urgency entering 2020. We usually call it a seg. You don't want to call it a seg. It's a conversation. An information, an information portal. Uh, yeah, the seg is we're going to talk the urgency rankings uh, or the urgency ratings. We're figuring it out uh, for teams entering 2023. And uh, it's an interesting convo. I'm looking forward to having it, Greggy, because uh, it's a little uh, there's some nuance to it. You know, it's like it's not just like, oh, everybody, it's like win the Super Bowl. It's like we know that what's real and what's not what and t- different teams have different goals. But some teams have urgency that are at a higher level than other teams. And one team at a zero point zero on my. I think I know scale. the same team. It had a, it had a, the, my lowest mark as well. Did they but higher than zero point zero? I didn't put I put one as the lowest. I don't know why. I just thought one could be the lowest. The gentleman zero. All right, before we do that, though, let's hit the news. Cousins, back to pass, green left to Dalvin. Turns it up outside the numbers of the 40. Gets to the 50. He and is loose! Away. Dalvin, 20 to the left. 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Yes. Dalvin Cook, yes, yes! A 64-yard touchdown! And he had to drag a Colt into the end zone. Oh, my goodness. The immortal Paul Allen uh, on the call for KFAN. That was back in December. Uh, Dalvin Cook caught a short pass from Kirk Cousins, padding Cousins' stats in numerous categories as he rumbled 64 yards for a touchdown. Uh, the Vikings then got a two-point conversion, Greggy, then kicked the field goal in overtime. They won 39-36 over the Colts after trailing 33-0 at the half. The biggest comeback in NFL history and one kind of forgotten because the Vikings went one and done in the playoffs. The Colts were already in, like, packing in mode in a disaster that year. Uh, but in the moment, and by the way, I locked up the Vikings in this game. I remember watching I remember it with it Lakeisha. Well. It was bothering me. It was wild that they uh, they locked it up for me. Uh, kind of slept on as one of the craziest games ever. I don't think it will be forgotten. I mean, you're right. Like, it should be remembered more. But that's that's the mark now. It's the greatest comeback in the NFL history. The fact that the Chargers in blew uh, an almost as big a lead in the playoffs maybe took some shine away. Jeez, that's, yeah. GC. That was like uh, three or four weeks later. All right, let's get into it. So, yes, Dalvin Cook, that was the man on that play. And he's had some great moments, certainly, with Minnesota over um, a career that at age 27 has already included four trips to the Pro Bowl. However, the Dalvin Cook era in Minnesota is over. Uh, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero, more on Pelissero in a moment, by the way, uh, reported that the Vikings and Cook are expected to part ways um, and uh, it's supposed to go down officially on Friday uh, unless there could be a last-minute trade here, but it's very likely here that it ends with Cook hitting the open market. Uh, Greggy, a couple of years ago, he's in the conversation as one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, Minnesota's in a bit of a transition, but what's really behind this? How does he end up no longer part of their future? I think it's curious. They love Alexander Madison. They signed him to a low-cost contract. They put him as their Twitter header. And mm. took away Dalvin Cook's status as the Twitter header like two months ago. So this move was coming, and I think they were trying to get a trade going, maybe some draft picks. Didn't happen. I think Dalvin Cook can still play. Then I hear from some smart 
Vikings fans that like Eric Eager, who used to work at PFF, thinks Cook is a, a little cooked. I don't see that. I know he wasn't as explosive a year ago. He still averaged 4.4 yards per carry. Uh, you saw that long touchdown. He had some big plays. He's still good as a receiver. He's turning 28. To me, he's easily the best running back that's actually hit free agency this offseason because all the good ones, Pollard and, and Jacobs uh, and, and Saquon, all got tagged. I, I don't think he's like Joe Mixon. He's certainly not like Ezekiel Elliott where he's just like, hard decline. I think he's going to go out and help a team. It's also the age uh, for certain running backs. So you have those five or six years, Le'Veon Bell, all the, his situation was a little weird because he sat out a year, but he was around the same age. And uh, when he came back uh, after signing that deal with the Jets, he was not the same player anymore. The Vikings obviously think he is a player that is in decline or they're just looking at their financial situation and saying to themselves, you know, he's due over 10 million in tw- 2023. Um, Cutting him after June 1st allows him to save $9 million on the salary cap this season with $5 million in dead money. This is very much, Greg, as I said, a team that's trying to figure out like where they're going and they're setting themselves up for the future. And if they like Madison as much as their Twitter head uh, <laughs> seems to indicate, this is a way to get uh, more fluid uh, financially in the future. I, I get it. I, I just don't think their total number one objective this year is winning games. He's a $14 million cap hit, Dalvin Cook, before this release. So that that is a lot. And I think they maybe are trying to open up space for some long-term extensions. Uh, And Justin Jefferson would be the most logical one among them. And so that might be part of it. But it's been a team that's been like around uh, cap space issues all offseason. They traded Zadarius Smith. Like, I think Dalvin Cook could help them, could help a team. They're very thin at running back now behind Alexander Madison. I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, maybe they'll sign like a, a low-cost veteran, but I feel like Cook's going to have some suitors. The The Dolphins have been mentioned. Uh, the Broncos have been mentioned as a potential landing spot. They they have Javante Williams. They gave some money to Samaj P. Ryan, so it'd be a little weird, but Denver, some reporters there have thrown that out. The Jets make some sense to me. Depends on the Brees Hall situation, I would think. But they, if they were interested in a rookie... What about the Rams? I mean, Rams don't seem like they're spending on any veterans. Panthers, I would throw out that the Bucks need a running back. They, these are the types of teams I'm not sure will spend. Mike McCarthy said some very positive statements about Dalvin Cook. and A little could, bit of a weird depth chart there, especially with a guy, a Tony Pollard, coming off the leg injury. Eh, that's interesting. Like, he doesn't need to be a 300-carry guy. and I Probably and I, shouldn't be. I heard from... People was like, oh, Dalvin Cook, he's always banged up this net. Like he played through a shoulder injury last year, and maybe that slowed him down a little in terms of like always seeking out the contact. When you think Dalvin Cook, you think like energetic runs, but he did play all 17 games. He really hasn't missed that many games. Uh, yeah. So just the quick Vikings timeline before we uh, move on. Yeah. The Cousins, you know, it was a pretty big story a few months back when they are not going to rework his contract. So they're letting that play out. Adam Thielen, who's a stalwart there, they let him go. He goes to Charlotte. Zedaria Smith, as we said, traded. Uh, they are taking phone calls on uh, Daniil Hunter as well now. Harrison Harrison Smith took a haircut to stay there. So, And now you have Dalvin Cook exiting picture. That's a 13-win team last year. You don't usually see it play out this way, but they also they were a weird 13-win this team. This puts them low on my urgency rankings. Spoiler. Yes. I mean, it just seems like a team with Kwesi Adolfo Mensa their their GM who started a year ago that's like taking this as a reset year. The Hunter trade news and the news was rap sheet said they're receiving calls on him to me was way more surprising. It's like, really? 
he is one of your best players. And usually that doesn't get out there unless they kind of want, they want to trade him. So now I'm thinking Daniel Hunter is not going to be there either. And he's one of their best players. I thought he might be a candidate to get more money, but apparently not. Um, Real quick, back to that 33 nothing uh, comeback. Do you remember the uh, Pell Razor interview with Cousins after the game? Vaguely. Yeah, let's play just a little bit of that. Kirk, no team had ever come back from 33 points down and won a game until today. How did you in pull NFL off history? the biggest comeback in, in NFL, NFL history? We just pulled off the biggest comeback in NFL history. Okay. I need a second, Tom. <laughs> I need a second, Tom. Pell Razor. I love that. He hit the light uh, went off in Kirk's <laughs> eyes here. He's like, you can't come at me anymore for not showing up in a big spot. I've got that. Yeah, my running back can rumble 67 yards on a screen with no one around him and carry four guys in the end zone. No, I like Cousins. I got to take it, sir. Uh, you like that? You like that? In uh, disconcerting news, the Colts and cornerback Isaiah Rodgers. There's something going on here. Uh, he was not on the field for Wednesday's offseason workout amid an NFL investigation into his gambling activities. Uh, Rogers, the subject of a league investigation into possible violations of the league's gambling policy, including possible bets placed on Colts games. Yikes. Rogers acknowledged the situation uh, on social media earlier this week, saying he takes, quote, full responsibility for his actions uh boy greg so uh this is something that the lions got hit with jameson williams uh, their star rookie wide receiver suspended multiple games and other players that were connected to that uh now you have a cornerback who and this is where it gets really dicey obviously the betting appear apparently is connected to the Colts themselves which is kind of a nightmare scenario in this new gambling world that the professional football landscape has embraced. Right. ESPN sources. Uh, I'm going off of uh, Stephen Holder, who's their local Colts reporter and David Purdom had that he made roughly a hundred bets and they were like in the 25 to $50 range with, with maybe like a low four figure bet thrown in there. So it's just stupidity because no one's getting rich off of uh, even though it was pervasive. It is. It, that's very pervasive. He was just doing it. I mean, he just didn't care. Didn't think he was going to get caught, apparently, because he had someone else make them for him. But it was like easy to trace it back, apparently. Like, what are we doing here? Like all for what? Like because he's not making much money off of this. And the fact that it's on the Colts uh, has some speculation that, look, he could be suspended indefinitely, like they could be threatening his career or say that he has to do certain things before he ever returns. And this was a starter um, who was a sixth round pick had elevated to a starter last year, had a very good year, was a, an above average starting cornerback in the NFL last year, which was kind of a surprise for such a late pick who got his first chance and was just about to get paid probably because he's entering the final year of his rookie deal. And that's, that's all gone now. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've heard, and yeah, this one's pretty um, cut and dry um, because it's gambling and it's involving his team and all that. Every player knows that's not allowed. But I've heard some pushback with some of these other um, gambling suspensions that, that have occurred in the last year or so, and even you know some criticism toward the league's policies and whether they're clear enough. And it's like, nah, you know, get lost with that. It's like you, these guys have to know just full stop. You have a whole life after football to do whatever you want in this realm. This message needs to be loud and clear. You can't do any of this. It doesn't matter what the sport is. You just got to stay away from it 
or they're going to find you because these investigations, the league's, the league needs to be on top of this at this level because it, it, it brings into question the integrity of the game. So they're going to be hunting for guys that are doing anything in this world. So you just got to be smart enough. And he wasn't smart. And there's a lot of guys, it seems, that aren't being smart about it right now. I guess it was inevitable. I didn't really see this coming, but I guess this was inevitable when this um, happened in terms of gambling becoming legal through throughout the country, most of the country, not California. Um that this was going to happen, that you needed to have like five to 10 guys totally mess up. You would think that will be enough to get people aware right. uh, to prevent it in the future. But you would have thought that already. It didn't. And, oh. and the Colts are very thin there, by the way, for what it's worth. He's their kick returner. He's a starting cornerback. I would say they have one of the worst cornerback groups in the NFL. And he was, you know, one of their best you know, might have been their best cornerback yeah. other than Kenny Moore. I don't think we're going to see him you blew it! for a while. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. There he is again. Pelraiser reports the Titans. Summer of Pelraiser. I know, are hosting DeAndre Hopkins for a visit. It was confirmed uh, when Mike Vrabel met with the media. You want to hear a little bit of uh, a little spicy Vrabes? Haven't heard this. Okay. <laughs> Not too spicy. Let's just hear from him. Is it, I mean, is it a recruiting opportunity or like how, how, did, how did, does that benefit you? Um, you know, I mean, I'm past the recruiting. I, I did that at, at, in college. You know what I mean? I think that, again, would really just want people that want to be here. And then if that works out, then you go on to the next step. So this will be pretty much it until we, you know, either sign or, or don't sign the, the next player. And the, here's the Belichick disciple when a part two of the question about DeAndre came. He's got a reputation, Mike, for now. This will be, um, you know, again, this, if that's what you're going to ask your question about today, Paul, um, I'm going to give you another opportunity. But I'm going to talk about the players that are here. And when DeAndre's here, I'll visit with him, and then we'll, we'll move on when we um, make any other transactions from there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't really hear what the. Did you hear it? I think Eric he was saying like he he has a little bit of a reputation of, and yeah. I, he cut him off before. He's, I don't even know. He's what like he was he's say. got a history of not practicing. Cuts uh, him off and he comes back in. The last guy that didn't practice, and then he kind of uh, cut him off. Yeah. He's yeah, talking well, Julio Jones. He's saying, "Do you want to make the same uh, mistake?" Uh, oh, okay. I forgot so that saying, Julio Jones was on the Titans for a second there, but yes, he was uh, for a hot minute a couple years back. Yeah. Um, this is they're still kind of digging out, Greggy, from the A.J. Brown mistake that they made, the management made. Um, I don't know if is Hopkins the fit there. I don't know if it is. I, I just think it's it always Paul. It's always Paul, Paul. Kaharski. Yeah. Like the look on Rabel's face. He is that one reporter that like I feel like Rabel's. Kaharski is the guy that hated the Titans nickname, right? I mean, he's the one you once had a, a back and forth. He had a little uh, yeah conversation on this show. He seems to mix it up with whoever, wherever he goes. Uh, I get like questioning their idea of signing another aging wide receiver. It has not worked out for them. Robert Woods uh, was on that team too, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, he like, was. I'm mixing up the Titans. It's all a little Texans hazy, but that's because true. Because he's on the Texans now. Uh, none of it's worked. Uh, they need another receiver. So actually, if they're trying to win this year, and, and I think they are, it makes a lot of sense to me. Nick Westbrook Akina is their number two receiver. Like Kyle Phillips is their three. They could they could use a receiver. But. If Hop, if Hopkins wants to be there, you got to make it happen. Uh, if and because they have made as far as we know this, like you're saying, when you keep the veteran quarterback and you're keeping Derrick Henry in the building, you're you're sending a message to your fans who I think they're happy to hear it. At least the ones that are always looking for immediate results. 
uh, that you're in it to win it, and you obviously have a big hole there. And Hopkins, even if he's not the same guy, huge upgrade, Greggy. Greggy, if they can add him, the- it would be big. I, it does have the feeling of like Hopkins is not getting the money he wants from the Bills and the Chiefs specifically. There's are they been, being used a little bit? There's been reports yeah. that both those teams are interested, but they're like they're not giving him Odell Beckham money. They probably say, "Hey, look, you want to go chase a ring? We'll pay you one year. We'll give you some incentives. The base is probably under ten million dollars. C- come play with us." And he might not be down with that, and so he either is going to take the money or use the Titans right. for the money. But they they would have to probably pay a Titans premium. And that connects with the Burt Breer report from last week that. He might have to take what was the the turn, the bag or the chase the ring. He's probably mean, not going to get the ring in it's Tennessee. It's easy for me to say, but he's made a lot of money, and um, careful. Now. A place like Buffalo or Kansas City would be a you know you could you could go there for like one year, and you still will make let's say eight million dollars. That's like that's that's putting it forward, but I know they don't have a long shelf life of how many years. You factor in taxes. Uh, New no. York state taxes. Pretty stiff. I got to think it's less too in Tennessee than, than in Buffalo. Uh, another graybeard comes off the board. Frank Clark has a home. The Denver Broncos signed the edge rusher, formerly of the chiefs one year, five and a half million could get up another 2 million. If he hits some incentives, he's had a quiet market, Greggy, and is maybe not the guy he was at his peak, but a uh, nice rotational rusher gives the Denver a little Denver, a little more juice there. When I did a projected starters, I thought their edge rushing position was among the worst in the league. Like, pretty interesting defense otherwise. Post-Bradley Chubb era. Yeah. Right. No Chubb. Von Miller's also gone. Some guys that might may or may not fit. So, kind of makes sense. But I was feeling like Charles, uh, Frank Clark was a little, a little cooked. Was not contributing a lot to the Broncos. So I, don't, I mean, to the Chiefs. I don't think he's going to be a big difference maker. But it's right. nice. I like when they, the 101 guys get pushed off the list. I just feel better. I just want that mm-hmm. list to be empty. Mm-hmm. Who's the best player left now? Well, now Cook is going to be on there. Oh. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins is. Don't you wish he was on there in March when the, the piece had juice? Well, yes. And I respect our editor, Ali Bonpuri. But he sees Endlessly. when Hopkins gets cut or cook gets cut he's like "Ooh, fresh meat greg let's go do another right up put him on and then we can put it back into the rotation like here's where cook is uh in other news you know there's always going to be a ton of coverage around the cowboys always right um and they're doing their job they do their job as well jarrah and the whole uh, organization because they give uh the national media and the local media the fresh material and th- this is no different this this spring because they are really pumping up this new offense. They're calling it, Greg. Have you heard what they're no. calling it? it? They're talking up the Texas Coast offense. I mean, can't you just hear Stephen A. Smith screaming right now? Uh, and and Mike McCarthy, Zaddy himself, uh, has not been shy, as you know, talking about. I'll just say this. We're nobody's underdog. Exactly. He's puffing his chest out. He's calling plays this year. And uh, despite Dallas being a highly ranked offense, let's listen to Zaddy once again, giving some gruel, throwing in some meat into the old churn blender. They need to own offense. You know, I'm, I have no interest in 
and being known as some guru coach or a smart coach. I'm a, I'm a smart <laughs> Hall of Fame type quarterback. So you call me a smart there, coach. You got to make them own the offense, and uh, and he, you you see it. On, he has the personality, uh, but it's just like anything. So, you know, this is our first year of playing the way we want to play. And he's done a, a really good job of taking ownership of that. And then with that, you know, the mental challenges, um, you know, he is, he's knocked it out of the park. The first of all, Kellen Moore, who is in L.A. now with the Chargers. What? This, this narrative that they're spinning out of, uh, out of the star, uh, that now we get to play the, the way we want to play. Mike, come back to us. You're the head coach, bud. Like, you can't say that. It doesn't look good on you. He's saying now he gets to be himself as a, a play caller uh, this year, and that's why they're going to be better. And they were pretty damn good last the year. Play, the play the way we want to play. They were fourth that in uh, points scored it. in 2022. They were first in 2021. I mean, points are important. Not the way they wanted to play, though. I, I get it. That it but he's, um, he's showing kind of like mid-career Jerry Jones coach uh, symptoms here. They're kind of where, perfect together. Where he is now start. He's not hitting out, but he's <laughs> at least needling Jerry and letting the the public know, like, hey, this wasn't really on me. This was Jerry forcing his guy on me, and I've I've got enough uh, cachet with Jerry now. I can throw that out there because I know he doesn't take things personally. Which is to uh, Jerry Jones's credit. I I am not that optimistic though of Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer being an upgrade, but we'll see. I mean, listen to these quotes coming out of Dallas. Here's Zach Martin, uh, the guard. It's more of an attitude deal. Uh, set of a McCarthy's Daddy. effect as a Pittsburgh guy calling plays. That's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> McCarthy's gotten a lot of mileage out of being from Pittsburgh. I feel like that has been brought up when it is related to a lot. McCarthy. Uh, he needs that beard back, though. Not feeling the zaddy vibes from Mike right now. Okay. feel like it's better okay. when it's a beard. Also in my mind is a 2014 Packers game that was on NFL Network the other night. Uh, the boy, he wants sports at, at the dinner table at dinner. Yeah. There was no basketball. I had no local baseball. I couldn't find a baseball game. So we just put on the old Saints Packers uh, from 2014. I have no idea why that game was on. But uh, Mike looked better then, is my point. <laughs> the most Greg Dinner uh, situation possible. Little Saints Packers. You're saying he looked better? He looked better back then. Well, it was nine years ago. I mean, Can I you imagine better. living with me? Who, the, who among us did not look better nine years ago? I mean, it happens I, occasionally. You know, Mark looks pretty good now. You're looking very zaddy. Like, I'm not saying Mark looked bad nine years ago, but honestly, he, he, Mark is looking pretty hot. You you got the facial hair, you know, but uh, I you're right. Nine years is a long time. Now, are you just fishing for a compliment, Greg? No, look, I'm not. Uh, I'm not because I know it's not true. I've seen it. Sheck used to have a good line about this, and I think it's very true, which is uh, we're all kind of hard on our our own appearance, and you look at and then you'll look at like a Facebook photo from your 20s or whatever. Um, or, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and you'll be like, wow, I look good there. Yeah. But back then, you didn't think you looked good. And guess what? In like 10, 15 years, we're going to look back at how we look now. Like, That's pretty good. It's wise. Wise words. Pretty good. Mark does look good. Well, of course, once he got Levi, too. <laughs> he's got the new jeans. He's got the black boots and Levi. He's got a whole thing going on. And we love it. That's uh, That's everything in the news. Let's take a break. And uh, get urgent. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back. Greg, here we go. You ready? It gets so urgent, so urgent. You know it's urgent. I want to tell you it's the same for me. So, oh, oh, urgent. Just you wait and see how urgent our love can be. It's urgent. You say it's urgent. Make it fast. Make it urgent. Do it quick. Do it urgent. Got to rush. Make it urgent. Want it quick. Urgent, urgent, emergency. So urgent, emergency. It's urgent. Don't know what that is, but um, sometimes it started to make me feel uncomfortable (laughs) at the point you said, make it quick. It's like, let me let me uh, let me spend some time here. Let me enjoy myself. I don't want to make it quick. Sometimes when you it feels like a good move to like when you're trying to make a like a deep um, point or really connect on a level that makes you seem profound. You you go and dig up some lyrics from like maybe like Bob Dylan, like blood on the tracks. In this case, I chose Foreigner okay. and their uh, 1981 hit Urgent. So nice. it didn't have the same. It didn't come off the way I wanted it to it in my mind. But if anybody wants to pause and listen to that song, is Parker around? We have Parker behind the glass. She loves all that late 70s. I guess I should feel more urgency on that front then. (laughs) I I don't know a lot about Foreigner, I feel like. Foreigner, you'll be shocked to go down. If you ever were to just randomly go down a random Foreigner wormhole, you would be stunned to know how successful they were. I feel like, though, between Foreigner and Journey, there could only be one. And Journey's won the battle. Journey the won. It, it, my kid, my, da- my daughter, is, is uh, finishing elementary school this week. It's a little off topic. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And they played you know, a slideshow of all the pictures over the years, like showing them in kindergarten and now up through fifth grade. And they played Don't Stop Believing as part of it. 
all the kids are singing the song. They know the words. They know it. Journey's one. My uh, my eldest son Jack uh, last year for their creative writing portion of school, that was the song their twenty four year old school teacher uh, put on to get them into the headspace of creative writing. They also know the lyrics to September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Shocked me. Hmm. So, shocked me. You know what else will shock you? Foreigner uh, has worldwide sales of more than eighty million records, including that, forty million in the U.S. That's pretty shocking. Anyway, urgency. Um, in some ways, Greggy, all teams have it, um, but that's not necessarily true because there are different levels of urgency. And I'm going to do a, a piece on this on NFL.com, uh, but this will be a good kind of testing ground. You and I can chop it up a little bit and talk about the teams that are facing the most urgency entering 2023. And um, let's get it started thusly, Greg, because I brought it up before. Um, this is the old Steinbrenner principle. Anything less than a Super Bowl appearance is considered failure. And so I'm going to start with the team that I think has the most urgency, and it's the Buffalo Bills, mm. um, because I think they are truly Super Bowl or bust, and the dark side of the coin is is pretty damn dark. And I don't think it means like uh, coaches and GMs are getting fired necessarily, uh, but ro- kind of blown up the roster in some ways is certainly in play. I think if they fail this year um, and it just opens up uh, a level of doubt around the organization, if they don't get over the hump. So I'm going to, if I had to set like 0.0 out of 10.0, I'm putting the bills higher than anybody in this exercise. Mm. I'll put them at a 9.7 on the urgency scale. Buffalo Bills. Are you with me that they have the most urgency of any team in the league? Oh, interesting. What do you got? But it's close. Um, well, my first one, and I admit maybe this is, uh, you know, see if I what kind of reaction I get. I think it's your New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just because they're the other teams that are most logical for most urgent. I had the Bills sort of second or third. I, I think comparing them to the Bengals is interesting because I actually put the Bengals slightly ahead of the Bills, although they're they're very similar to me. But the Bengals right now I feel like have this offense together right now and I don't know how long it can stay together very specifically talking about T Higgins maybe Joe Mixon I'm not really that worried about but even their defensive core they it just feels like now is the time for the Bengals so I put them slightly ahead of the Bills but they have quarterbacks in the middle of their prime that are I maybe going to the Hall of Fame someday so I just feel like if they're smart about it it's not quite as urgent as a team like the Jets, who have a one to two year window. I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers will be playing really well for three years. It just we haven't seen someone that old uh, play at that level other than Tom Brady for three years or even play at all. And so to me, they have a Super Bowl ready roster. The longer this offseason has gone, gone on, the more I'm convinced the Jets should be really good, actually, that they won't be overhyped. But it just feels like it's like they are truly now or never because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I have them at 9.6, so they were second on my I list. I gave them a perfect 10. I just wanted to give someone a 10. That's fair, and I think the for the, for the Jets, they're kind of in a different category, and um, that's something that I'll, I'll kind of, when I do my write-up, I'll, I'll focus on. So where the Bills, to me, are Super Bowl or bust, uh, a team like the Jets, it's it's not Super Bowl or bust, but it's playoffs or breadline for a lot of people. And it's um, Robert Sala, 
potentially Joe Douglas, Aaron Rodgers. If this season went sideways, you just don't know what happens after mm. this year, even though I think it's a two-year proposition is what I would guess it is. But a lot of things get really murky if if they do not uh, uh, field a, a double-digit win team. So I, I'm with you on that. The Bills, I'm just to cycle back to why I have them kind of as like the team just ahead of everyone else. This is um, since Josh Allen really um, came into his own. Uh, they lost in the wild card round. They lost in the conference playoffs. They lost in the division playoffs. That heartbreaker, obviously, against uh, Mahomes. Uh, and then lost again in the division playoffs where they really were beat up uh, and beaten pretty badly by the Bengals in a, a kind of an eye-opening playoff loss. Um, so you have that taste in their mouth. And uh, I guess maybe I just give them a, a little bit of the edge because the stakes are higher because it's just like this kind of tortured franchise that now has this great quarterback and this, this really good core. And I did, you know, check in with your projected starters, Greg, like, um, and, and coming up with my list and it's like, do, is there enough around them? Did they do enough this year? They didn't make the big splash, you know, maybe Deandre Hopkins ends up there and then you feel a lot better, but will they look back with a lot of regret mm. if this upcoming season ends like last season and they're like, wait a second. We had the warning when the Bengals beat us up uh, in our in Buffalo, right? If, I, if I'm not mistaken, like, and we didn't really attack. No. Um, so anyway, I, I hear that. It, it, you're right. They're at, they're going for different things. I put them all on one scale, but the Jets to me have a higher kind of high wire act, where it's like they could theoretically win seven or eight games. So you're right. Like their bar. If they win a playoff game, they win 11 games. But they their urgency to me to do at least that is like the highest of any in the league. Because if they if they if it got ugly there, it's a tough division. If they won seven or eight games, it's just going to be a total disaster. Of course, if the Bills won seven or eight games, that would be a total disaster too. But they'd still have Josh Allen, and I just can't imagine them actually doing that. Bills fans try to enjoy this though. The whole George Steinbrenner thing is like, getting antsy though. Bills fans are antsy. I know, but this, this is, has been promised for a couple of years now. This that isn't this gonna is last team. forever. If if you win twelve games and you lose in the playoffs, at least enjoy the twelve games. Enjoy it, the enjoy the way it, there. It's not a coincidence either that we led with two AF, AFC East teams. I think it's the best division in football um, right now because of the rosters, uh, the talent on the rosters. But it meet and it meets this urgency overload because I also have the Dolphins. Um, at eight and a half in this exercise. Item at eight. Okay, because they're they're fully loaded and ready uh, to go, but now they just gotta go. Um, and the Patriots, Greg, this is why it's they are not a Super Bowl or bus team. Um, but I put them at eight because, and I put them in their own category, Greg. They're the only team that had their own tier. I had them in the Foxborough Triangle. Uh, and that we weren't going to be special. The Patriots and you know, we got our own. Team. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe things are changing that Bel Belichick craft, Mac Jones, Foxborough triangle. I, I think <laughs> a lot can change if they have a bad year and they need to show growth with Bill O'Brien at OC and all the positive reports coming out of there. That has to translate. Um, where did you have the Pats in this? I had them eighth ranked eighth in, in the, just below the Dolphins, uh, kind of a tie, a tie there among a bunch of teams. Uh, but yeah, now that I look at it, I had four of my eight most urgent teams were in that division. I think the Dolphins are an interesting one, too, because I I know Tyreek Tyree Hill's so important. I just don't think Tyreek Hill's going to last forever and just sort of be in a perfect spot. I, I So I do think that's an urgent situation. And the Patriots, yeah, when, when the coach 
has to win and it's in a tough spot, I think they have a lot of urgency. So I, it's a, you know, that someone's going to leave this division incredibly disappointed. I suppose, you know, there's a scenario, I guess the Patriots win nine games and are still in fourth place. And I guess that's where everyone's roughly happy, but that's hard to imagine. And I don't think that leads to some huge blow up. No. I think that's kind of generally seen their ceiling could be about 10 wins or so. Um, their schedule's brutal, especially out of the gates. Uh, it's it's urgent there. People are people are fighting in OTAs. You don't really hear that too often. Yeah, but you know Belichick loves that. Yeah, he likes it. So we got a real team here. So my Steinbrenner principal had the Bills, the Bengals, for similar okay. reasons to the Bills. And yeah, I like football. I like football season and all the things that go with it. Also, with the Bengals, um, as we've talked about on the show, have had that core in place for several years on offense and – that's not going to last forever. And they've been knocking on the door for a couple of years now, including a near Super Bowl win. I think it's this idea to get over the hump as much as our QB says his their uh, window is his whole career. And the Eagles, where do you have the Eagles in this exercise? Because I think their urgency is sky high for me. In fact, I had them uh, near the top of my list. I got them at a cool nine out of ten. And I understand they're set up well for beyond this upcoming year. But also, like, the other factor is, like, this is a watered-down conference. Mm -hmm. Another team that was knocking at the door last year with a MVP-level young quarterback, and you had that defense that might even be better this year, and everything seems so perfectly lined up that this feels like, you know, in the NFL, things change quickly. So the iron here is hot. Strike it. Get that W. Get over the hump. Uh, I think they're at a nine out of 10. For yeah, I had um, I had them at eight and a half and they were the my fifth ranked team in terms of urgency. So right towards the top. And you, you're absolutely right. You know who they remind me of is the 2018 Eagles and the 2017 Falcons. Those were two teams that coming into the season, everyone's like, that's the best roster in the league. And both of those teams ended up making it back to the playoffs. I think they even each they each win one game, but it still was hard to recapture that magic. And sometimes it, it looks so perfect on paper. They were ahead of schedule a year ago. Now is the year I think was their push year where they really thought they were going to be great. They did a good job keeping as many people there as they could, including Graham and, and Fletcher Cox and James Bradbury and Slay. Like, it's not going to stay together. I'm, I'm with you, especially with that conference. They, they're, they're the most urgent of any NFC team. Uh, I had the Cowboys right with them uh, because we talked about a little bit Zaddy before, and maybe there's a little bit of, uh, I don't want to call say bad blood between Jarrah and, and McCarthy, but McCarthy's putting it out there that this is his team more than ever. And, if they take a step back or Dak takes a step back, I think you and I definitely differ on Dak a little bit because uh, I, I read in your projected starters that you kind of labeled him. I can't remember what you said, like a top QB or something where I feel like there's enough evidence that maybe he should be a little bit lower in that conversation. Um, He's but, like in the seven to 10 range, okay. but he, that's a I, solidly ahead of like the Kirk Cousins and the Tannehills. We love our quarterback. That's where I disagree a little bit. Uh, I think, I think last year was a weird yeah. year in terms of yeah. interceptions. But uh, not that he's going to lose his job, but there there could be Mike McCarthy's facing a lot of pressure. And they're a team that, you know, cannot get over the hump, cannot get into the NFC title game. And you kind of – I get the feeling that with Jerry Jones now in his 80s, that if this thing doesn't get them – if they don't get to the mm. Final Four this year, there's going to be changes there. 
Yeah, I should move them up a little. I have them too low. They just seem so happy and they're fine. But you're right. The coach possibly losing his job was important to me on this urgency scale. Well, that's why I have one team that we haven't brought. I have two teams. But one I had, the only other one I had over nine. Yeah. We have not brought up. And that is the Cleveland Browns. Yep. I had them at an even okay. nine as well. Okay. Go ahead. They, they're in my top five. Just because I, I just think even if the outside expectations aren't as high, the ownership expectations are going to be sky high. They need to show something for this Deshaun Watson trade. Um, I don't think the Hopkins is going to happen. It sounded like Deshaun Watson was pushing. For that was Hopkins. hot for a minute there. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but they did bring in Zedaria Smith. They don't have a lot of huge holes. I think it's a good roster. So I just think their playoffs are bust at the, at the least. And the urgency is, is sky high. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, reason for optimism there, but also I think a creeping sense of dread because <laughs> Watson could get everyone fired. And if that if Watson stinks and they fall on their face this year, it will make the Cleveland Browns a different kind of eternal laughing stock because that will go down in history as that that will absolutely be in the conversation. We're not getting ahead no, of it or trying to ahead. jinx it. He's still got four years left on the deal. But I'm saying, like, if this was truly if this cratered, that would be in the Herschel Walker conversation. Like, so until we get until we're it's proven and you're pushing the Deshaun might not be good card a little harder than I am. I'm just saying it's kind of out there until it's not at all. So there's a lot of urgency for this season to, to produce results. And by Herschel Washer, Walker, you mean the trade, not him um, embarrassing himself as a public <laughs> figure afterwards. Cause I know I, a lot I tried on. to block out his, uh, his, what was it? Run for Congress Senate. Senate? Yeah. That, that did not, um, Nobody was covered in glory uh, connected to that uh, on his side of things. But as a good running back, yes, the Cowboys set up their dynasty with a, a trade with the Minnesota Vikings. I, I've settled it on like Watson's probably more likely than not to be an above average quarterback. Right. But being like the 13th best quarterback in the league, that trade is a fiasco, If even if that happens. I know he's not going to be the 30th. Uh, best quarterback in the league again. That that would be crazy. Yeah, and they should be if they're not contending for a playoff spot in January. It's everyone's very nervous around there. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me see the team that we haven't discussed. Uh, where did you have the Chargers? I had they, them at eight and a half. Yeah, they. I had them at eight. They were like tenth on my list because they've gotten to the playoffs. They've had a winning record under Brandon Staley, but the defense has shown no ability to get better. You have Justin Herbert still on his rookie contract. I feel like they're in perennial. Uh, they're like always the same. They've probably been at this level for years. <laughs> like ownership is not. When is that not good enough? Like, oh, I feel like ownership is fine with them just doing this year after year. So it's not quite as urgent, but I'm feeling the urgency. Well, Brandon Staley's feeling the urgency, yeah. right? I mean, they they had a historic meltdown in the playoff game that's, you know, that's going to wipe away all any goodwill. And they, they have a roster that on paper is ready to, to compete. And at a certain point, unless ownership is disconnected and, and doesn't care that much about seeing tangible progress, you would think they need to get back to the playoffs and, yeah. and not, you know, lay like an embarrassing <laughs> egg in, in January for the coach to be back. Right. I would think so, and I worry for Brandon Staley because on paper the defense looks worse to me, and he hasn't been able to coach up the defense at all. I have one team, though, 
ahead of the Chargers that we haven't hit in my top six. Okay. We haven't even mentioned him. The Washington Commanders. Oh, they're low for me. I mean, they anytime a new owner is coming in, I feel like it's urgent time. I know our expectations aren't crazy high, but I feel like he's got to make the playoffs or everything gets blown up there. I mean, this even the a- name it might not stay around. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to make everything just a QB conversation, but Sam Howell versus Jacoby Brissett doesn't scream team urgent to have a big season or else like it seems like a team that's very purposely you know sitting in the marina with the boat neutral uh, waiting for things to settle before they really dive in next year sure and and i don't know if that's good news for ron rivera or the worst news possible i think it's the worst news possible i think if you're docked in the marina bro you're a six or lower for me i mean are they on the high seas I'm putting them out on the high seas. You put them on the high seas. I mean, they've got a lot of veterans on the team. They don't have a lot of huge weaknesses. They're paying a lot of money. I know they don't have any quarterbacks, but I I guess if it was coach urgency rankings, I feel like he would be in the top five because he, when a new owner comes in, he's he's lived this life before. Same thing happened in Carolina. He's got to win now or else they blow it up. I think they're going to have a, a big name at quarterback next. We'll be talking about this time mm. next year. Okay. But that's why I kind of have them a little lower. I have, um, you know, the team, the division that has the least urgency, which is kind of funny. The idea of an entire division be like, eh, the NFC South. Yes. With the Bucks, I have at a three. Excited, you know, what are the Baker versus Kyle Trask? They have uh, a weird roster with a bunch of veterans, but no Tom Brady anymore. They kept the head coach there. I guess there's some coach um, urgency there. Uh, to show they can grow, especially on defense, but they're not necessarily set up for success there either, Greg. Like, how do you even make sense of them? No, I put them at a five just because they they have an older GM and coach and some veterans on that team. Um, but that whole division to me didn't seem that uh, lack of urgent. I had the Saints and the Falcons pretty high. They were pretty much up next after Chargers. Yeah, I kind of did to too, me. actually. I gotta say, okay. I had the Falcons at seven and a half, so I should take walk it's, back a little bit. Yeah, they're they're. Um, they're in year three of this process and I feel like they have to show something. I feel like Dennis Allen has to show something that they, they're really talking up a big game in new Orleans, like that. They're the favorites of that division. I feel like the AFC South is the division where there's no urgency. I don't have anyone above a five. Let's see I got that. the Jaguars at four, even the Jaguars. It doesn't feel that urgent. They could, Futs around. I got here. the Jags at the six and a half, the Titans at six and a half Colts at five Whoa. And the Texans at six. Whoa. I mean, that's I mean just, we're on our own little scale. So yeah. I got the Jaguars at four and the Texans, Titans, the and Colts are at so three hot right now. at the bottom of my whole list because I feel like all these teams could kind of mess around this year. If the Jaguars took a big step back, it would be frustrating, but they're a relatively young team with a young quarterback and Peterson has some rope. And then the other teams all have rookie quarterbacks and new situations, either new head coaches or in the Titans case, at least a, a new general manager. So it's like a, a lot of teams that are just starting from scratch. There's a little sub um, NFC North category I want to introduce, mm. like be a grower, be a shower. <laughs> the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. I don't think either team, um, although the Lions, ah! I think it's expected that the Lions now make the playoffs, which just feels like a weird thing to say. Uh, but they are expected to take that jump. But I don't know if like people get fired if they don't make it. And I don't expect them to crater either. And the Bears, I think I agreed with their whole aesthetic this offseason, which is get behind Justin Fields and uh, and then help him out. And I think you saw that in both free agency 
and in the draft. Um, and it helps, I guess, for them that they, they're starting from such a low point that uh, that that there's going to be progress. You'd think there is a Matt Eberflus question that has that conversation that has has to be had here. And I think that's where I why I have them maybe a little higher. Um, I have the Bears at um, a seven for that reason. Ooh. A lot of Eberflus, seven and a half. I have them actually. I got them at six and a half. I got the Packers at seven. And I have the Lions, the highest in that division, at seven and a half. Because the reason I think they're feeling urgent is like, now's the time. Like, they've never gone into a season with this much hype. They are set up well for a while, but a division title would mean so much to that city and to that organization. And it's all set up for them. They are literally the favorites, they have great line play. It's kind of exactly what they've been building toward is this moment. And so I feel like that is urgent. If they, if they had like an eight and nine season and came in second in that division, weirdly, it'd, it'd be a pretty big letdown. The lions, the lions. Yeah. I think I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I'm with you on that. I don't know. The Packers surprised me. You have them a little higher than I do. I have them at a, a five, the same as the Vikings mm. where it's, you know, there's like success is kind of hard to even calibrate what the Packers uh, you want to obviously see the quarterback show uh, tangible signs of growth, but I don't think the the power structure is in doubt there. That's true. Um, and I think Love is going to get at least one year here. Uh, well, there's the whole like prove Aaron Rodgers wrong thing that makes it feel a little more urgent. The fan base there makes it feel a little more urgent. Um, I have the Vikings 31st on my list out of 32 teams. Two and a half I'm giving them. You cut, you cut Dalvin Cook. You trade Zedaria Smith. You're trying to trade Daniel Hunter. You're coming off total um, found money with a 13-win season. And then your coach and your GM is in total um, job security mode, which is great. I, I think they should be. They did a great job. They're in year I two. I had them all the way at the bottom, only above the 32nd team, which I assume we, we have the same team. I'm going to drop the Vikings to a three. Wow. It's such a great case. Uh yeah, the Cardinals. I had to stick at a zero point zero. There, because there, and that's not even. Well, kind of is a takedown, but it's also like just it is what it is. Like they, have, there's no urgency to win this year, and uh, they are playing for next year. They're the textbook definition of of a team that isn't playing or, um, you know, playing with any sense of urgency for the upcoming season. I don't even no. think it's a hit piece. No, Colt McCoy is scheduled to be their starter. Their fan base will be happy if they win four or five games or cause violence they just got like bored of deandre hopkins and they're just like ah get him out of here a couple no urgency i wonder if i'm sure the fan base is listening would disagree but the only other teams that we haven't mentioned that i have below five um i said the whole my whole afc south other than actually my entire afc south is uh but i have the giants Mm -hmm. pretty low because i think they're kind of similar to the vikings that they're just like found money and if they took a step back, everyone kind of gets it as long as they show some like growth and talent. I have the Panthers low. Number one overall quarterback, just how he looks is the most important thing, but they don't need to win this year. And then the Rams, I guess, have to be low. Even though they have Cooper Cup and Donald, how can they feel what, like what they're doing is urgent? Next year is urgent for them. Yeah, I have them at a, a, a seven, but I couldn't really figure out what they're doing. But I'm not alone. Everyone's trying to kind of figure out the Rams plan of attack this year um it's like a gap year you know you like take a year off of college and you just like go travel the world and then you come back and try to hit it hard i mean i didn't do that but that's something yeah seems like it would have been a cool thing the gap rams year uh we should do gap years in this country 
just like as as a profession, like as once you. Are oh, what is that? What is that? The post university. I don't even European know. thing to do. Like you graduate and then you just take a year off and you see. Help us out, overseas listeners, because I think that's what it is. And and then you get to be that. You get to backpack and go stay at hostels and things of that nature, and then you then hey, you start your career. Hey, with this economy, you might not have a choice. Hey. Oh, this guy gets it. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, good conversation. Anything else you want to hit there? And check out NFL.com next week. I think I'll have something up on this. Looking forward to it. Did we miss anything? I feel like we didn't. I feel like we hit everything we needed to there. Hit almost every team. I've got the Broncos and the Steelers square in the middle of my my urgency rankings. They're just like middle middle tier. Ravens, where you got the Ravens? They're like high upper middle class, you know, upper middle. Samesies, samesies. Let's bring in Frags. Frags behind the glass. Wow. She's from the newsroom. She's gonna come waiting. sit in because uh well let's get her seated here. Ladies and gentlemen, Alexandra Fragol. Wow. The legend herself. Yes. Get situated, Frags. Now, now Frags. take your time. Frags has joined the show before, but only behind the glass. So this is a first. But very often, um, the Chanteuse on our new, on our drops. Well said. You are the Chanteuse of Around the NFL. Alex, how are you? I'm great. I was not told that this was on camera. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So that's cute. At a, um, at a certain that's point. That's on Dan. I mean, I, you could say it's on Dan, Frags. But at a certain point, we do the show in a studio with lighting and cameras on us. Yeah, but every other time I've just stood behind the glass. I know, and I thought this would be a good way to to make things a little bit more direct. But can I apologize? Do you want to go behind the I, glass? I, ex I accept your apology. Okay. In the past, it has been behind the glass, but don't worry. Like, in no way are our listeners weirdos, and the ones that only listen to audio usually, like, there's no way they're going to go no. to the YouTube just to, to see what's going on with Frags. Okay. Way to make her comfortable, Greg. Yeah. All right, Frags, now. This is a good color. That was more. That was more a shot at our listeners. Yeah, <laughs> listeners, be normal people. Yeah, be normal. Okay, um, frags. Mm -hmm. You are, and we've worked together forever, right? I mean, since a very long time. Two thousand ten. That's showing my age, but yes. Samesies. Yeah. But it is what it is. Twelve for me. Yeah. Um, and the one thing you got to know about frags is she is a traveler, a world traveler, in fact. Yes. And that's true. I thought with. <laughs> Um, summer right around the corner. Uh, our listeners, who are all normal and not at all creepy, are going to really benefit from Frags giving some tips for summer travel before we say goodbye today and we head into the weekend. Okay. So I'm going to tee you up. Oh, okay. You have ideas. Uh, yes. Great. No, I'm just going to say relax, everybody. Smile and watch your worries wash away on the white sand beaches of Fragola Town. Belicia, how you say? Bellissima. 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 We'll work on your Italian. Travel tips with Fragola. Oh, okay. All right. Do you want to go down a list? How many uh, do you have? I mean, you didn't really give me a lot of info. Just five travel tips. Yeah. How about so, number one? Here's some stuff. Uh, travel like credit card debt doesn't exist because it mm. doesn't. Okay. Go on. Like flesh that to, out. Go to Venice, Italy, because it's not going to be there forever. Just go. Field. You'll have credit card debt. It won't matter. So just open up okay. that, that extra card. Max it out Do if it. you have to. Make sure it has points and lounge access. Feels irresponsible, but you're a travel advisor, not a financial advisor. Yeah. That's an clear. important distinction. No one would ever bring me on their yeah. podcast to discuss finances. <laughs> and if they would, 
I like that though. You're right. Um, these places, they're they're. There's only so much in your life that you can squeeze them all in. You better get working at it. Exactly. exactly. All right. So just to put a bow on that one. Spend money. Have fun now. Worry about the financial consequences later. Tip number two from That's a Cragola. Life advice. That's a life advice too. Yeah, I like that. Um, la okay, let me give you something. Ciao. Ciao. Oh, we'll give you something Italian. Okay. I just actually, oh, okay. Gabagula. Side, <laughs> side note. Yeah. I'm going to Italy in about two and a half weeks, and Whoa. you know who I'm going to hang out with there? Who? David Ely. Whoa. Whoa. Ely himself in Italy? David Ely and his friends. Will Ely, be. another newsroom staple for yeah, years. Yeah, he's big with the listeners here. Uh, um, huge fan. Wow. Big Panthers fan. So I was just telling him that in Italy, you are not to order a cappuccino afternoon. After the After noon hour. Noon okay. Hour. That's, that a is, t- that's tip number two. That is a Very breakfast specific. drink. You will be embarrassed at wow. the Italian bar if you ask for anything oh, other the, than an espresso. This is so important because define embarrassed. Will you just get a look like, oh, the American? You might, you might get a, like, an absolutely not. It dep- I mean, it depends how easily. Oh, they might say no? They could. Oh, jeez. See, Greg, I want to start spreading my wings we're a tri- and seeing other things. We're tricky people. We're, it depends what part. You people. Italians. Are How many times have you been to Italy? Shifty. I've probably been to Italy like six or seven. Dang, times. you really do travel a lot. Wait, so you were in Japan this off season? Yes, which in Korea. Funnily enough, I was just saying you never sent me travel tips for. Ooh. Yeah, this no. guy was supposed to hook me up with Tokyo travel tips, and oh, he promised it on top. And of it. he did oh. not. Deliver, well, I don't know right? if I promised it, um, but that would, I guess, be another tip: is ask someone who travels there <laughs> yeah. a lot for tips ahead of yes. time. Just not Greg. Yes, just, just not. <laughs> do not ask Greg for travel tips. All right, travel tip. Number, oh, to put a bow on that one, uh, it is do not order a cappuccino after 12 o'clock noon. You may get looks. You might even get denied a real social no-no. Number three. Uh, number three. Okay, a really practical one. Yes. Fantastic one. City Mapper. City Mapper. City Mapper. It's a fantastic app. You basically, it has different cities in it. It works all over the world. It depends on what city you're in, but um, like... Japan, they had it for uh, Kyoto and Tokyo. They had it for Seoul. They have it all over London. They have it here. And you were in London this off season. Too, I was in London this off season. Where else? This is that that's way. all I've been. Okay. To. Well, that's a lot. It's that's it. Three months. Yeah, and then uh, you just put in where you're going, where where you are, where you're trying to get to, and it gives you like mm. how much a taxi would cost, how much an Uber would cost. It gives you all the transportation options, how mm. long it'll take. How long it could take to walk or bike. Better than Waze, you're saying. Oh, my God, infinitely better because it gives you all the public transportation. on. It'll give you your tube stop. City mapper. What, tube li- so Very that's an good. actually practical tip. That's extremely practical. You use that in Tokyo because I didn't tell you how. Because you didn't anything. tell me anything. So That's a rough You managed, though. How was it? I had been to Tokyo before. How was it? It was fantastic. I got a tattoo. Well, I got a tattoo in Kyoto, but Very nice. it's a strawberry. Oh, awesome. Very nice. Well done. And on kind of a little bonus, uh, how do you handle... Tokyo, for instance, the language divide. Ah, uh, so many people speak English there. Okay. And I will say, they see me walking down the street, and no one expects me to speak Japanese, so it's quite. You know Japanese? N- no, they don't expect me to, so oh, I'm good. fine. No one's no one's gonna speak like rapid fire Japanese to me. Whereas in Europe, I feel like frequently people will speak. Mm. I hope everyone's listening. These, these are really good <laughs> tips. Okay. And that one is it's okay. You could be a little nervous if you don't know the language, but. Be aware, a lot of people in other parts of the world do speak multiple languages. 
It's a little I would bit say of a though, like, of our country. It depends. Like, you don't want to get too far. You don't want to get outside of Tokyo and yes. start going to some... Some Kyoto, uh, for instance. Don't want to go there. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, you don't want to be going to some hot spring hotel. Or, I've, I found myself in certain situations where my lack of, yes. of English definitely, definitely hurts me. I would also say... How are you doing on your Japanese, Greg? Non-existent. Oh. I was going to say, uh, also, if you speak a little bit of a language, be prepared that people are going to speak to you like your fluent rapid fire the moment Got it. So you kind get of into it. So kind of little backfire situation. It could there. backfire on you a little bit. All right, number four. Okay, this is where I, I stopped preparing. Ah, okay. Um, That's book, how we handle most shows, too. <laughs> book, so. um, book tickets to, like, famous things way ahead of time so that you don't have to wait. Like, if you wait in line to buy tickets for the Louvre, it'll take you an extra two hours, and it's miserable, and you don't want to do that, especially if it's summer. Mm. So don't do that. Also crazy scorching hot take i think the louvre is overrated whoa whoa go Muse, to the Muse go to d'orsay, the d'orsay. Is, is beautiful i hate impressionist art another hot take but a beautiful museum <laughs> and less crowded i uh, i'm gonna go with another avoid louvre at all another costs. hot take got it <laughs> in terms of travel <laughs> do tell you know with with maybe rare exceptions don't wait for anything Life's too short oh, to yeah. wait in line That's where I'm for at. just about anything. This is very it's cool. a huge city. You're not going to be able to see everything that they have, but there will be more to see. Right. Don't bother. If you invite me. There's a two-hour wait. In, in a similar but different context, if you invite me anywhere and it's like, oh, you got to wait on a line to get it, it's like, I'm not going. And, right. you know, kind of F you for inviting me to a place where I have to wait on a line. Finally, number five. Remember, number four, do not go to the Louvre under any circumstances. <laughs> number five, the final tip. Oh. Travel tip from Frags. Uh, don't ask for ice in foreign countries. I not, not because ice is bad yeah. or anything like that, but because it is a very uniquely American ask. Hmm. Like, ice for your water? Plus, there's, there's, a, like, why there's do a shortage. You, why do you want yeah. ice for your water? This is a ridiculous American request. I have, because, uh, you know, daddy likes to have a Tito's. When okay, I, that's different. That's on... But here's the thing. When I go to London for our trips and I order one at the bar, there's like two like half-melted ice cubes floating on top of my Tito's. And I make my Tito's, and I, I, the tips I always give, here's a little tip. Here's a little behind-the-bar tip from old Zeuser. This is how you make the drink. You fill it up with ice. Then you do a five-second pour that will take your ice down about halfway, but keep it icy, and then put your topper on, and then you have a delicious, fizzy, icy, delicious cocktail. Well, all the bartenders of London will be listening to this. but uh, I could use a drink, I got to say. <laughs> Bonus tip, don't drink tequila in London. Drink with the locals drink. Just, you know. Okay. Drink sake in Japan. Drink soju mm. in Korea. Drink wine drink in warm Italy. beer. Drink warm beer in London. Although they will tell you not all their beer is warm. There, it is not. Many so. types of. Beer. That's a good. That's a good. That's the best piece of advice. Just eat what's the be, what what yes. they specialize. Do what they yeah okay eat and get drink. it. Ladies and gentlemen, Alexandra Fragola. Can I go? Yes. I apologize if um, we didn't warn you enough. And if I made it uh, uncomfortable in any way. It's, uh, this is the only thing I actually know about, so. (laughs) Well, that's why we had you on. Unless you guys want to talk about clothes. I got that covered, too. That will be your next appearance on the show. Frags, thank you very much. Uh, We will be back 
on uh, I don't know Monday. There she so, goes. Sounds you're, about right. You're back on Monday. Yeah, you uh, you could go, Frags. Great seeing you. Uh, with another episode, uh, we'll have the gang back together uh, as we churn through the off season. Anything else, Greg? Before we say goodbye. No, I think that's it. I think I I mean my own travel tip. It here's an underrated way to do it. Just don't have many plans at all. Just go lit. Just be in that city and sort of try to have it. You know, you don't have to see everything. I mean, right. people are wired differently. But if you just sort of have a day where you're bouncing around and it's not all planned out, I feel like it works out better that way. Less stressful. All right, you could add that as well to the notes. <laughs> don't overplan. Don't spend your whole time on a, like a tour bus. And stuff. I like that. All right, good stuff. Enjoy your weekend. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.